Trigger warning. I will probably really upset a lot of you. Are you nosy, curious, or just bored? Have you ever just started listening to other people's conversations? Do you ever just keep listening even though you aren't part of the conversation? If this describes you, then welcome to Topic Please. Why, are you going to get rid of their favorite podcast guy by hitting him in the head and locking him in a freezer? I might. <laughs> Who knows what will happen by the end of this episode? <laughs> we'll see. So. I'm Aaron. Uh, I'm Liz. Sorry. I forgot who I was for a moment. I don't know. I was thinking last week we were talking about uh, time travel theories and all of that stuff. And it got me thinking about other theories like that. I don't know. Or actually <laughs> belittling your time. <laughs> I told you it was a trigger warning. But just well, theories like, that are kind of going on right now that are... You're bringing up like other theories. I mean, there's the theory of gravity. And I gravity exists. We know it does because we can see it in action, but like it's still considered a the theory of gravity. There's the theory of evolution. Uh, there's like all of these theories that have scientific basis and reality. Where you time say, travels more. You are setting this theoretical. up perfect. I love it. Because you just said that they're based in like scientific things and stuff like that. So like the theory I wanted to talk about is critical race theory. Uh, but we'll get into another part on what some of the, um, I guess, scientific community uh, is against stuff. But right, so real quick before you do that, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just looked up like the definition of theory. Mm -hmm. Just, I guess to kind of have that as some kind of a basis because like the theories that we were talking about with time travel are like much more fictional where some of these things like gravity is, you know, a very real thing that can be observed. So it's, you know, what exactly does theory mean? Like this says from Oxford languages, a theory is a noun a supposition or system of ideas intended to explain something, especially one based on general principles independent of the thing to be explained, like Darwin's theory of evolution. It also says a set of principles on which the practice of an activity is based, like a theory of education, or an idea used to account for a situation or justify a course of action. My theory would be that the place has been seriously mismanaged. And so those are the, these top three definitions from Google, from the Oxford languages. All right. So there's this long <clears throat> definition of critical race theory, like just talking about it, um, where it says it's a body of legal scholarship and an academic movement of U.S. civil rights scholars and activists who seek to critically examine the intersection of race and the U.S. law and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. I mean, that makes sense just because, I mean, I don't know, our country was founded by a bunch of old white guys and a bunch of old white guys I mean, are the ones pretty much making the laws today. So, and those laws are supposed to be 
non-biased and and be equitable to everyone and and everyone is equal under them but uh sentencings and things like that are not i mean based um, on you know the constitution and stuff uh, uh the declaration of independence and the whole it, we hold these truths self-evident that all men were created equal and at that time a black man was not considered part of all men yeah i really think it needs to be changed to say all people Yeah, I just mean, I, but, even then, like men. Yeah, but it was still white men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the actual definition by Roy L. Brooks, he defined- Is he related to Mel? Maybe. Because I hope not, <laughs> considering this after Blazing Saddles. I don't think that would go over so well. Um, well, Blazing Saddles was, I, I loved that movie growing up. I, I can see now the very big issues with that movie. But, I mean, he, like Mel Brooks, was kind of poking fun at, you know, the fact that these things exist. He wasn't trying to be racist in that movie. But, anyway, sorry. No, you're fine. So, Royal Brooks defined critical race theory in 1994 as a collection of critical stances against the existing legal order from a race-based point of view. Wait a minute. You mean critical race theory didn't come up in the past couple of years like nope. everybody thinks it did nope you know it's not something that all of these anti-trump folks came up with because they wanted to start you know this movement and making a huge deal out of something nope because that's how a lot of people look at this like it's a brand new concept that just hasn't existed until you know the past couple of years yep nope it is it was defined in 1994 so Oh four, fourteen, almost thirty years ago. Yeah. Yep. So more specifically, race is a social construct, and racism is neither an individual bias nor prejudice, but rather embedded in the legal system and supplemented with policies and procedures. See, and not to, I guess, belittle like this, but I the same thing can kind of be said, I guess, at least for like that definition for classism. Like you have, you know, the upper class, the middle class, the lower class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it works together. It's kind of the same idea as far as the definition goes. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's another big problem in the country. So like the history of it really going to go here. Early analysis that later consolidated into critical race theory developed in the 1970s. So, in the decade I was born in. So, it's definitely not new. Uh, it's just being brought to light, which is, I don't know. And I mean, movements take time, but it's kind of sad that it even has to be a movement. It's... You know, that people with a different color of skin are treated that much differently. You know, just because of that, it's kind of dumb. And there's lots of it. I mean, I don't know. I feel like people should really read about it and talk about it. Like, it needs to be talked about. Oh, yeah. 
And I mean, everybody's all up in arms about, oh, they don't need to teach that in school. They're teaching this in school because they said that it's like, you don't even know what critical race theory is. You've not looked into it. Like I, I couldn't have told you the definition and, you know, I'm sure I'll learn things through us talking about this now, but I like my main understanding of it was basically that history books were written by a bunch of old white guys and it shows like a, and the, you know, it is a very, you know, white person's take on history where all of, uh, you know, the African American and any other races are not, you know, being represented well. You know, they're made out to be the bad guys. And like, you know, when you're growing up and you have, you, you play cowboys and Indians. It's like, you know, the cowboys were the good guys and the Native Americans or Indians, indigenous, were, you know, the bad guys and it's like why we came over here we took their land we stole it from them and we drove them out and it's like we're we're not very good people what is the theory of like the theory of relativity is e equals mc squared <laughs> weeding out the weak or whatever like the strong survival of the fittest yeah I feel like so many. I mean, now is I. I guess going historic. back to, you know, the classism thing is almost more survival of the richest. True. And a lot of that kind of comes through because, I mean, it still works with this because it's a lot of. I mean, look at the richest people in America. Look at Jeffrey Bezos. And Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, what do these guys have in common? They're all white guys. Because for some reason, you know, I mean, if a black or if a person of color, sorry, you know, came up with some of these ideas, it's very likely because of the way people are that it, you know, they wouldn't have made it, you know, as well as they have. I mean, it's very unfortunate that you know, people in general seem to be that way, and the laws are geared towards things that make that more likely to have happened. And I mean, that needs to change, but I mean, I feel like there's a very good chance we wouldn't have windows had Bill Gates been a black man. I mean, I don't know. Bill Gates invented Windows? Yeah, he's Microsoft. Oh, I was thinking the Windows in a house. <laughs> I, was like, I thought they were around before him, but... <laughs> Listen, I did. I, I was like, I thought Windows had been around for a long time, but then you said Windows. I was like, oh. Windows has been around for a long time. We're old, lady. I mean, we were around when Windows came about, but wrong Windows. <laughs> but I mean, we you know had Jeffrey Bezos been a black man, we may not have Amazon as we have it today. Well, even I don't know, like the indigenous people, and they say like our media, everybody is just kind of into that that same thing. Uh, not mentioning her name 
not that she wasn't important, but just not mentioning we had a female go missing and like the news jumped all over it and everybody's up in arms and like found her in no time, but nobody there's not anywhere near as much publicity if it's not a blonde white female that's gone missing or whatever. All the indigenous people that have gone missing, like there's databases out there of people trying to find the missing and murdered indigenous people. And it's not spreading. Well, I mean, I'm like on that time, I'm thinking the John Benet Ramsey case. Like there, that was huge. It was all over all of the news outlets. Had that been a black family, uh, a little black girl, or a family of color? I keep saying, but I don't mean that to be bad. But, you know, if that had been a family of color and, you know, it wasn't this little blonde haired, blue eyed girl, I it probably wouldn't have gotten very much attention at all outside of the general area that it happened in. So, I don't know. I just, I've I've lost everything that I had started out to talk about. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was. <laughs> you went on all these other little side things that are interesting, like Windows. Um, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I didn't mean to like interrupt and. Because you're try- a white man, and that's was, what you do. I was like trying to get back to. You know, the critical race thing, I would have assumed that like these things had no. like, some connection to that. No, it's okay. about well, like systemic then, racism and the way that the laws are created and how they don't have equal, um, like for instance, like if you have multiple individuals of different um, ethnicities generally speaking if one of them is Caucasian they're going to have a lot lighter sentence than any of the rest of the ethnicities and but they're supposed to be equal so it should be if you commit this crime this is the exact punishment but they give ranges so then they, they punish some more and some less and right. oh this person gets you know, three months but you the know, other person gets life and it's gonna be probation yeah it's, it's like the war on drugs and stuff like that oh, I wish I could remember it I was listening to another <laughs> I'll tell you I like the history podcasts but um uh, even with like the war on drugs, it is it. They are set up to keep people of color in jail. Yeah. Uh, I got to go back. Sorry, guys. Lost where I was. So a bunch of the things like I was getting it were more like effects of like the critical race theory stuff versus. Um, what it actually is. So I guess the 
thing is like a tenet of CRT is that racism and disparate racial outcomes are the result of complex, changing, and often subtle social and institutional dynamics rather than explicit and intentional prejudices of individuals. So like you can have someone, yeah, why not call out the dead? Like my grandmother on my mom's side who was very racist. Uh, And you can see it right off the bat. Like you just look at that individual, that individual opens their mouth and you're like, Oh, racist. Um, where the other stuff is, it's just, we're with this, it's, and I know I'm not exactly right, because I'm not, like, extremely schooled in it, but it's just those underlying tones, like, we come together, right, like, if you look at an object, and you're like, oh, the purpose of this object is this, it doesn't matter what we call it, that's the purpose for that object, Right? Like we just right. collectively agree. It's that same thing that's put on like race and gender and all of that. Instead of looking at things as like. Oh, yes, this is a spoon, but I could also use it for this thing. Yeah. Like, like really serve cool Halloween decoration. <laughs> so when you glue them together and make them something new. But. Sorry, I don't know if that like messed up your thought process or. No, I just don't want to get it wrong because I want to I want to explain it properly. I want people to walk away knowing more than they did when they started listening to it. Right. Without it just being because it's important and there are things that should be spoken about. And like we try to always be light and, and avoid all of like real topics and issues. But they're topics that should be talked about. Right. Just like. All of the stuff where they're putting into laws that medical professionals can, like, disregard trans individuals. If if you refuse to, I can't think of the word. Um, conform? Yeah, conform to what we decided you were at birth, then we don't have to give you the right, or you don't have the same rights and all of that. Like, Or people saying, oh, I don't want to share bathrooms. <laughs> I'm just, if a person's got to pee, let him pee. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, that reminds, like, like I went to a conference in Milwaukee and you know, the first day that we were there in the conference center, it was like, there was, you know, this one spot, there was, you know, a door to the bathroom on the left, a door to the bathroom on the right. They were like completely non-gendered. But then by the next day, I don't know like who caused this to happen. But there were paper signs put up on those doors for men and women. It's like, I don't know, like, what happened, who said what to who, but all of a sudden those bathrooms had genders while we were there. And they shouldn't. If there's a toilet, let a person use the restroom. Like, I mean, just if- put stalls in all of them and, say, you know, go use the bathroom if you got to go. Yeah. Big deal. So. I don't know. This is really bad. Sorry, guys, because I'm not. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, when we were talking about this a little bit the other day, the critical race. That, oh, I. Nope, go ahead. 
I'm trying to fill. Go ahead. I was just trying to fill empty space, man. Go ahead. Like I, I was telling you, know, as far as you know, like my thought on critical race theory, it was you know as far as what I knew, it was basically that, um, or you know, like history is taught from a white you know man's perspective versus you know all of you know the other people that should have a say and their perspectives that should have been taken into account. And honestly, I from my memory of you know elementary, middle, high school, yeah, I can only point out, you know, a small handful of uh people of color that we were taught about that did, you know, something big. Like Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, uh, Booker Washington, Booker T. Booker Washington. T. Washington, and George Washington Carver. Like those are you know, the only ones that. Uh, did I say Martin Luther King? Martin Luther King yes. Jr. I don't. Know. Yes, you did. That was the very first one you said. But I mean, like you know, that very small handful is all I can honestly remember learning about in school. Well, see, and I grew up in Southern California, so. The racism that I saw, like, the most abundantly, like, I saw, like I said, my grandma and stuff, but, like, I saw racism, but I heard all of those things, like, because we were so close to Mexico, and it's like, Mexicans need to go back home and stuff like that, and I knew nothing about that. It was just, like, the house I was raised in, the schools I attended, the the mindset of the people around me and stuff that it came to a point when I joined high school. Um, my freshman year of high school, we had to pick a foreign language and I had heard so frequently growing up my entire life. If we speak English here, they need to learn to speak English. They're coming to America. They should speak English that I refused to take Spanish as my second language and took German because I was like, no, I have to follow this. And those are those little things that the, I didn't realize at the time that I was being racist, but I was. Right. Because that is how how things raised. Yeah. And what you were around. And it wasn't until I started working and interacting with like a lot of different individuals and made a ton of friends that, that didn't matter. Like, I had a lot of friends that my parents were like, oh, and honestly, the more my parents went, the more I was friends with them. Um, But I wanted, it wasn't until I like got outside of, you know, that school setting and out of that, that very tiny bubble that I started learning about other individuals and other cultures and stuff. My best friend, um, my junior and senior year her mom was from Thailand and she made the best food. Um, But I didn't know all of those things. I dated a guy who was Filipino and I enjoyed hanging out with him. We had so much fun together, but we ended up breaking up because his family was like, no, you cannot date a white girl. And I didn't understand it. I was like, you're attacking me. Like, how are you judging me based on this? And then I got, you know, into the real world and I was like, Oh, huh. 
I get it now. Like we really are right. Kind of as a, we are as there's no kind of as a society in whole, we are very very grounded in racism throughout everything. The way we talk. Like all of it is that way. Right. And you know, I'm one person who chose to raise my children in a manner where they needed to be inclusive of all individuals. Like you should just base whether you and want to be friends with someone on that person's character, not anything else. And then I hit 40 and found out what like non-binary meant and all of these things. It was like, Oh my gosh, like this whole world exists outside of our bubbles and everybody non- wants to stay in there. Binary is just not a zero or a one, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Because binary is zeros and ones. Yep. So, which you makes sense. You throw a two in there and I'm it just throws saying, everything out of if whack. If you look at that, you're going to have to mark this one as explicit content or whatever. Um, because zeros and ones. Anatomy. I'm just saying one's a hole, one's a stick. <laughs> so, yes, that would be binary, right? But then the non-binary just is saying that like you don't have to conform to that just because this genitalia is what you have doesn't mean that that's how you identify overall like you may have these feelings or feel like this or sometimes you feel that sometimes you don't feel either one of those you don't fit into a bubble or a category i was just thinking binary you have zeros and ones if you throw a two in there then you get the whole y2k problem but then you could put instead of the and sign just put the through sign, zero through one. And then you have everything in between. <laughs> you don't need it, anything outside of that. <laughs> I was just saying, like, you know, the zeros and ones, and then, oh, you throw a two into that, that's going to cause, you know, all the computers to break, like the Y2K problem. And then guess what? It, it wasn't a problem. It was okay. It's everything true. worked out. Oh, that was where I was going. Uh, yeah, we didn't end in 1999, which is sad because I was going to party like it's 1999, and then I didn't know you in 1999, but I wouldn't doubt if you did a little bit of party. Well, you know, <sighs> you, know. you had some little people uh, come New Year's. You were pregnant with another one. Well, you had a little people. That's true. And then you were pregnant with another one. That is true. So there probably wasn't a lot of partying. Like it was 1999 going on. Mm-mm. There was a lot of babysitting of other people. And then later finding out. Because you were the pregnant lady that couldn't party. So yeah. nobody wanted to go out with you. They're like, well, you can babysit. We're going to go party. Which worked for me because <laughs> I was way focused on because the time I loved being with the little peoples. So. You still do. Because they're not so. They have that childlike yeah mentality that's like oh they're a different color what what does that matter yeah they haven't learned to be like intolerant and Meh. jerky yet because they're like, just very honest and open you know, racism is a learned behavior you're not born with it and i mean just like sexism and man even classes phobias but like um I don't know when we were talking about this, the other, I, and we were talking about kind of you know, it being based on you know, what you grew up around, you know, what was around when you grew up, how people acted and talked about things and stuff. I mean, 
you can even see that like all around the country, like racism is, I mean, it's still there, but it's different or it's done differently. And sometimes even more extreme depending on where you are in the country because of, you know, just the way that things have always been. And it's like, well, you know, my great, great, great grandpa did this. And, uh, you know, it kind of got handed down, so to speak, just because of the attitude and the way things were being done around these people. And then they just kind of end up that way because nobody's teaching them, you know, Hey, don't do that. That's, that ain't right. And then we don't want to let our, our educators teach. Don't do that. It's not right. We want to put laws into place that stop that and say, no, no, continue with the way things have always been because it benefits one group of people. Yeah. I mean, it's like after 9-11, it was like, oh, all Muslims are bad. Yeah, which was so dumb. <laughs> it was, I mean, there was so much hate. Like towards somebody just because, oh, they're a Muslim or they, they could have been a Christian that happened to come from, you know, Afghanistan or something. Yeah. It's like, just because of these, it doesn't mean they're a terrorist. Like the whole like terrorist mentality. It's a very small sect of Islam uh, believers. I guess. Like it's a tiny denomination. Here, here's my, my wrap it up for like, for, I don't know, individuals who are like, I don't understand that or whatever. Tattoos. When I was growing up, you could not work in Anywhere most places. Anywhere except Tatooine, right? <laughs> Get a tattoo, you can work on Tatooine. Yep. Like, you, you had to have them covered. You were not allowed to... Show them piercings and stuff. But as I have gotten older, it's become more acceptable for individuals to have tattoos and people aren't like, oh, you must be like you were on the wrong side. You were a criminal. You were a bad person. You were all these things if you had tattoos. And now it's not looked at that way as much. But it's still looked at that way by some people. Man. Right, some places that you work are still like, uh, no, you can't show tattoos. Well, I remember like when I was you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, like working at McDonald's and stuff. Like some of my coworkers would have to constantly have a band aid on their eyebrow to cover their eyebrow piercing. I'm like, I don't understand why. Because I mean, the fact that they have a band aid on their eyebrow every Draws day. More attention to- says oh this person has an eyebrow piercing so why not let them just have the freaking eyebrow piercing and show it it means they're an individual i've never understood that i mean like as me being like there's are some people that like have you a very large amount of piercings on their faces and i'm i don't personally understand that like i it's not anything that I would do. It's not for me, but that doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It means that they enjoyed getting the piercings. I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's not been something I've ever desired. So I don't have a desire to do it. I don't want that for me, but you know, let them be them. You know, that's how they're expressing themselves. 
See, for me, I had my tongue pierced, my librette pierced. I had my eyebrow pierced, but it wouldn't heal. Had some other parts pierced, but those wouldn't heal either. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It just, and that's just a small little thing. And, and that, you know, was... I'm white. I can say it. I got called trailer park trash so much growing up and in my young adulthood because of things like that. It, it might have also happened that I lived in a trailer park some of the times growing up, but and we moved around a lot and everything. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and the, that like gets into that classism stuff or it's like, oh, because you guys live in a trailer. That means you are not as good as me because I live in a house. Yeah, where I was... Or I live in a house, so I'm better than you because you only live in an apartment. Yeah. We own our house now, but... As I tell our children and as our children will tell people, we still poor. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But, I don't know. And, And that's not to say that it's on the same level is right sexism and homophobia and anti like and racism and stuff it's just a way to to kind of get you to think about something that that has changed over time right i mean things that were in place i don't know there's a huge problem especially in our country about just not treating other humans as humans and leaving it at that Yeah, like Texas right now. Okay, I just have to put this out there a little bit so people can be informed on this thing. Do you know that people fighting against the abortion laws that were put into place in Texas and like they're not allowed to do mail order? uh, Like plan B. Yeah, or any of that. But those laws are going to be even if everybody came together and rallied together against them so hard to overturn because they made sure to put it that the state was not being the ones suing the individuals that it was up to citizens to do it. And therefore like they're running into all sorts of legal ramifications of being able to stop that from being in effect. Like all these people, all these white dudes got together and were like, all these men got together and I know that there are some women in that group as well, because <clears throat> I've been to church. I've heard people talk about, you shouldn't, you know, when, yeah. what, I think the most frequent thing I heard was, God should decide how many children you have, not you. Right? So I know that there's women that do it too. And that makes me so sad that women would go against women or, you know, individuals that have the ability to carry a child should have the right to decide. And it shouldn't be up to people who don't have that ability to decide whether they can do stuff. But then they're like, well, we're just going to make it even better. We're going to say the state's not against you. Just all of your fellow people. So we are going to enforce you turning on each other. We're going to offer a reward for people to turn you in and all of this. What happened to freedom? I mean, like, 
I don't know, abortion, like, it's just a touchy subject anyway. I'm like, you know, I don't feel like people should just be going out getting pregnant and then going and getting abortions just because they don't want to, you know, take birth control or something. But I mean, there are a lot of circumstances out there where it's like, no, I, I could definitely understand why that should be the case. You know, like where you know, they could go and get that taken care of. I mean, some people just aren't, you know, mentally able or physically able to carry a child to term. Like it would basically destroy them or because of other issues, like how the pregnancy occurred, you know, rape and incest, things like that. You know, they shouldn't be forced to live with that for nine months. Or those who are on birth control and still get pregnant. Yeah, oh, like, that I, was God's will. No, I took all the precautions and you know, stuff happens. It's like it, they were trying actively to not have a baby because they know they were not ready for this. Or something changed in their life once that happened. Like, you know, what if the the partner they were with that they were going to do that started becoming abusive after they found out Man. or were killed or decided they weren't going to be in the picture. They changed their mind. Well, how come they could change their mind, but the individual carrying that can't change their mind. Like, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, there are situations where it's like, well, you know, the baby might live, but the mother will almost certainly die if she carries the baby to term. Or so there like, might be special needs then, of that child. Yeah, anyway, I mean, then you know, that choice has to be made. It's like, okay, well, if I say yes, I'm going to carry the baby, or the state makes me carry the baby and I die. What about that life? And yet there's all these campaigns to get cats and dogs spayed and neutered. Right. Control the pet population. Like, I don't know. It's just annoying. Right. And sad. It's sad. I think... Mostly it's sad that all of these things exist. And, and then you get told things like, well, if you don't like it, you can leave the country. You can go somewhere right. else. You can do. Why right. can't you stay and try to make a difference in the society and culture that you're in? Why, why do you have to leave just because you don't agree? See, I kind of wonder as far as, I don't know, any of the... People that are like, okay, well, now I have to carry this baby to term and I will just you know, put it into the foster care system. How much money that's going to end up costing the state? Because of all, you know, the excess of children being put into the foster care system because these people are like, no, I, I did not want a child. The state made me do it so they can take it. Here's your kid. Yeah, and then all these little kids growing up with abandonment issues and, and feelings and like – mental health issues because they don't understand. And how do you explain? Well, and what about the dads that don't have to deal with it? Like the people that helped create the child, they can be like, I'm out. I'll pay child support, whatever. I don't care. But I mean, it they're doesn't not ruin their they're, lives. They're and not I'm not having, saying kids. I love all of my children. You didn't ruin yeah. my life. 
I mean, but it didn't alter their lives. Like they may have to. They didn't have to carry the baby for nine months and go through all of the hell of pregnancy. I mean, and the possibility of postpartum depression and other mental health issues, and then trying to get a job where, you know, I have to work, but I also have to find daycare, and I have to, you know, I have a child who's sick, and I have this, that, and the other, and. Yeah, and I'm not saying like you know pregnancy is hell for all, but I mean there are parts of it that is like you know the swelling and the morning sick. I mean things like that that are you know, and all just of the emotional changes it. that happen. Yeah, but I mean like the guys don't have to deal with that. Like they can just be like, oh, well, whatever, I'm out. And many of them do far too often, and I mean that's something else that plays a role in some of like, well, I can't do this on my own. I don't have, you know, the father for support and to help. Or I don't have my family or I don't have. I mean, there's a lot of that stuff. that's like, I just, I don't know why, you know, men have more of a right in these things than the women carrying the baby have. Doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I've, yeah, I don't remember where I was going with that. Well, think about even like you oh. use the term women and men and stuff like that. But what about individuals who are trans, right? Like they were born with. Right. I wasn't for lack like, of. I'm sorry, guys. It's just medically it. correct. But if they are born with a vagina and they identify. As something other than that, but I'm going to use trans men as as the example on that. If you have a bunch of people completing a hate crime and that individual gets pregnant as a result of that, that individual has lost their dignity. They're dealing with all of the emotional stuff that happened from the hate crime itself. They're now being forced to carry a child. They have all of these things and they're forced to do all of this stuff, but we're like, mm, doesn't matter. That mm-hmm. child counts more than you do. Yeah, I wasn't like trying no, to. No, I know. Like, I just I wanted to. Yeah, I was. I mean, to put the, like that's another. I'm still. I don't know. In my head, like when I talk and stuff, I'm. You know, I try to change that and do better. But I mean, a lot of you know, if I say woman, I, I'm referring to you know a biological or somebody that was born with a vagina and. Uh, I mean, that's, I don't know, it's, you know, going back to a product of how I was raised. And I mean, it, yeah. I don't mean I'm not anything mean bad to you. by I'm it. Just, I'm I know. I was just, <laughs> I felt like. You needed I'm, to defend yourself. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm. But it, that goes back to the, like, there's so many reasons that may not be part of your life or your understanding as to why an individual would choose something. Yeah. And it's not like most individuals are just like, oh, oh, this is an option. I'm going to do it. This I know. is what I'm going to do today. Like, yeah. ugh. But I know where I was going a little bit ago. The, oh, okay, where were you going? Anyway, like uh, a lot of like younger women, you know, if they want to go get their tubes tied, you know, there's like this whole long <laughs> process, this conversation. <laughs> oh, well, we need to have the father involved or your husband. It's like, well, why does he get a say in that? <laughs> You brought that up, and let me tell and, you a little story real quick, and I'll let you finish. Or go ahead and finish, and then I'll tell you a story. Well, I mean, it's just like I don't, you know, understand that. It's like, oh, well, she can be basically forced to be able to get pregnant. 
It's like, why, you know, why does he have to be involved in that? Okay. He's not the one that would be carrying the baby and dealing with, you know, any of the medical stuff involved there. Yeah. They, uh, I don't know how much this has changed since I was younger. Uh, but I do know that there was an age before you were allowed to get your tubes tied. Oh, yeah. I mean, they still tell people. I think uh, Kayla's or Nick's sister, I thought she had at least had the discussion, or maybe it was somebody else. I don't remember. But, you know, and they're, well, you're still kind of young for that. Yeah. I know there was an age limit on when, like a minimum age requirement before you could have your tubes tied. I don't know if that was like a law or if it was just like, a lot of doctors were very much, you know, oh, well, we're not even going to discuss this if you're under X years. Yeah. So when I had my son, James, I wanted my tubes tied afterwards. He was my third child. I was, it was, you know, that point where I thought this is, this is all I need. I'm good. I don't want to, I'm obviously a very fertile person. I don't want to have to keep using contraceptives and all of these other things. Um, and so my intention was to get my tubes tied after he was born. Well, I had him. They kept like, I was in the hospital and they kept saying, Oh, we're going to take you down soon. We're going to take you down soon. And then like, I don't know, 36 hours later, they still hadn't. And it was my cousin's birthday. And I was like, just, just release me. I'm, I'm good. I felt like they were intentionally trying to put it off and not allow me to do it. And right. so I was like, I don't want to stay in the hospital at this point. If you're not going to do it, like there's no point for me and my child to still be here when I could be at home with my other children and stuff. So I did not. I I got on the depot shot and all of these things, like they say, if, if you are chest feeding and you're on the depot shot and all of these things, you cannot get pregnant again. Right. Like, so I was doing all these things and seven, he was seven months old when I got pregnant with Trinity. And so I went through that pregnancy and we moved to this small town in Nevada and I wanted, uh, to get my tubes tied after that. Like I talked with the doctor and stuff and the doctor there told me it's not a good idea because what if you get divorced and married again and decide you want more children? Or what if you lose a child and want to replace it? That was the stupidest statement and argument for right. not getting your tubes tied that I have ever heard in my life. Because how do you lose, like, I can lose my shoes and replace them and get new shoes, right? Like, I can lose my watch and get a new watch. I lost my mom. I can't get a new mom. <laughs> so how could you lose a child and replace the child? Like, it was so annoying. And I had to wait an entire year before I could find somebody who would actually give me the tubal ligation so that I could have my tubes tied and not worry about reproducing more children because I knew for me that it was not a good choice. Like I love all my children and I am thankful for Trinity. I'm not like, and she knows I love her and she'll tell you I'm her miracle child. Cause I was just meant to be. And I know that kind of falls into some of those beliefs of, well, you know, if God intends it or 
what's meant to be will be. Right. But if it was the choice I made, I should have had a right to have that performed. Like, as adults who give life to a human, we have the right to circumcise them without their say. Like, Right. <laughs> I don't know. What are you looking up? Oh, like you said, chest feeding versus breastfeeding. So I was looking up, like, well, what, what would be the, de- like, definition difference between those uh i don't know the from diffsense.com i mean it has more definitions but right at the beginning the difference between breast and chest when used as nouns breast means either of the two organs on the front of a female human's chest which contain the mammary glands whereas chest means a box now usually a large strong box with a secure convex lid. I was like, really? Those are the two definitions you're going to (laughs) compare? How does that even make sense to pick that definition of breast and that particular definition of chest? You would think, take both of the anatomical definitions for crying out loud. Where, like, lower on the page, it's, you know, chest as a noun, anatomy, the portion of the front of the human body from the base of the neck to the top of the abdomen, the thorax, also the analogous area in other animals. So, I mean, I'm, I know, basically, from what I'm understanding is the, you know, if it has mammary glands in it, then it's a breast. So... But changing cultures and inclusivity and those things, chest feeding is less sexualized. It's a less sexualized to look at it. So you're not assigning a gender to anybody by using the word chest feeding. Right. But based on the definition of the need for mammary glands to exist there, I mean, I know that like that definition, you know, said female humans, but the part of the definition that the mammary glands have to exist for it to be referred to as a breast, then I mean, it makes sense to me to still refer to it as breastfeeding as long as mammary glands exist. But it's because very sexualized. Mammary glands are the glands responsible for lactation, which is kind of a requirement of. And the ex- feeding and so it excludes just, people who identify as other, something other than a female, right? Because as a society, we we place the term breasts on requiring you to be female. Right. I was like going off of the definition thing. Yeah, which needs to be changed I mean, and updated. You know, yes, to- it says female, but I mean, the important part there for what breastfeeding would be would be the mammary glands that allow that feeding to take place because of the lactation. So I guess I don't that that like I don't understand the need for that change. Okay, so here, maybe I can explain it to you. I'm an individual who identifies as non-binary. I don't agree that I am 
female, I don't agree that I'm male, right? Like I may have reproductive organs that state I'm a female and that's my biological sex, but it's not like how I identify gender wise. Right. Right. And so I have a child and I am feeding that child. Right. You saying that I am breastfeeding says that I'm female. Doesn't matter. I'm female. You see me only as female. So well, you're not I taking was... into... No, this is how I'm trying to explain to you right. my point of view. It's not because even though breastfeeding may technically be because the mammary glands are there, it's that inclusivity part that says I respect you as a person and do not want to be that person that makes you feel offended or excludes you or calls you out or any of that breasts in our society that has been created that we were just talking about states. Oh, feminine period. And so when you put that label there, if I am a trans man who is not chosen or whatever the case may be, not gone through any of those surgeries to change it, but I identify as a trans man and I have a child and you say, I am breastfeeding. You are labeling me as a girl. See, I don't see it that like if I were to use the term breastfeed, I would not see it as labeling a gender. I see that as an action. You have the ability to produce milk and provide that for the baby. But in the, the society and culture we live in, provide the milk is part of the definition of a breast, where chest does not have and that part. Like I'm, I don't understand. Like to me, that you know, removing the female, you know, the word female from the definition of breast feels like it would solve that issue, and it would still differentiate between uh, somebody that has the ability to produce milk and somebody that does not. But if you are going to be feeding the child that way, I there's only one way that that can happen, and that's if you have those mammary glands. So I don't but understand. But why do you have to label it that? Why can you not just say chest feeding? Because they're feeding from the chest region. Right. But I, I it's you know, a term that's been used forever, and I don't— So is he, him, she, her, but now we have they, I'm them. I'm not going to get offended if somebody calls me he. You're not because you identify that way. But what about the individual who doesn't identify that way? Then they can be referred to how they wish to be referred to. But I don't understand why you know, these anatomical definitions apparently are now incorrect. That'd be like saying, oh, you, you don't have a vagina. Why do you That is an anatomical term. For a specific body part with specific properties. So I don't understand. Okay. Would you walk up to a person and be like, do you have a vagina? No, I'm not five. Okay. <clears throat> Would you look at a person and be like, oh, that person has a vagina. I don't typically think about somebody's genitalia. Do you look at a person and be like, dang, look at her breasts? 
Not really, no. But in general, our society does. Right. But I mean, if I see somebody that has a baby up, you know, to their chest area and is feeding them, then to the best of my knowledge, based on the anatomical definition, I would assume that this individual has a breast because they are feeding the child, presumably with, you know, milk that is coming from those mammary glands, which is part of how we label female of a breast. But it's a label for a specific gender, and that's the issue. Right, but if somebody says chest feeding, it's like, oh, so that somebody has mammary glands. Like it's still but you're the not, same action. But you're not I can't think of the word. Conforming to that no, way of thinking. You're not I mean, I feel like there are some things that labeling that individual. It's just like calling a spouse a partner or calling them parents. Like I say when I'm when I'm working in a school setting, I ask children about their adults. I don't assume they have a mom at home. I don't assume they have a dad at home. I don't assume they live with their grandparents, their aunts, their older siblings. I just say they're adults, right? I'm not saying that so I'm not excluding anybody i'm not saying i'm including everybody you're adults right so i'm not causing that child who's has to live with their grandparents because their parents are not there for whatever reason i'm not making that child feel bad that they don't have the same thing that other children have so it's that same thing. It's that property of how does it affect the individual that's being talked about? Let's see. I don't, I, I'm, I don't see. It doesn't matter how, what I think about it or feel about it. It's how does it make the person that I'm focusing on feel? Right. And how do I know that if they are you know, feeding a child like that, if I refer to that as chest feeding, how do I know that that is not going to upset them? And if it does upset them, why is that okay? Because at that point, that individual is going to say, oh, that's not the term for me. You're like, oh, my bad. But if someone has to listen to breastfeeding, if we make it chest feeding, it's more universal. It's just a feeding that's coming from that area. It doesn't matter if you identify as female or trans or non-binary Right. It's I just, just an anatomical part of the body. I don't know. I don't think of breast as a feminine term where like, oh, you know, that's the breast area versus boobies. Like I, I would see boobies as more of a like gendered term than the word breast. Maybe that's why I don't understand the issue like i like i don't know why that definition had the word female in it i mean except that i'm assuming it's referring to sex assigned at birth where what i took from that definition was the fact that that chest area had mammary glands and they can produce milk and that is what differentiated breast from chest is the existence of mammary glands in the anatomical thing. And I like, I 
don't see that term as really any more than something anatomical. And the fact that it has the properties that allow it to produce milk makes it breast versus chest. Like that's how I'm seeing that. Like there's a differentiation there that like I don't see as a gendered or sexist terminology. I don't know. That's my and thought on it. it. I, I don't know. And that is why we have these issues in our society and culture because of those different views that some have a specific view and they're set and they're like, I will always say this and this is how I feel. And there's others that are like, no, this isn't and we will change it. And neither one of us should leave the country, right? Right. I just like, I, I mean, anatomical definitions is like they've, been around forever and it, it they have a specific so have property binary terms like that's the thing just because it's been there i don't forever. have a head i do not have a head do not call this my head this is my skull period do not refer to that as my head like i i don't understand that and you know my face has specific properties that make this my face it's on the front of my skull it has a nose eyes mouth you know that makes that my face that is you know, like anatomically correct information. I have a right hand and a left hand. They have fingers. That makes them my hands. That is you know, these so properties based on that, that make them these things. So do you – I'm just going to call you out. People are going to either hate me or hate you. <laughs> do you believe then based on everything that you are stating right now, are there only male and female and you should be that because that's what you were born with? No, I feel like – biological sex and gender are two very, very different things. And that's part of the problem with a lot of the things going on that, you know, gender is a term that came up much more recently than, you know, a lot of, you know, the anatomy and anatomical discoveries that have been made and research and stuff where, you know, gender being male and female is a, you know, much more recent happening than you're know, referring to a biological sex. And it's just very different where biological sex does. I mean, for the most part, refer to the genitalia where gender is something else entirely, where it has more to do with you know, your identity versus your anatomy. And that's it right there. Because your biological sex, if you are born with a <coughs> vagina, you will have mammary glands. They are in that, they are grouped together. Okay, but it's not a gender thing. But you just made it a gender thing because you said it was breast. They must have mammary glands. Mammary no, glands no, mean no, that no, they no, have no, a no, vagina. No, no. I just went over why that is not what I said. The fact that they were born with a vagina and would have mammary glands has to do with biological sex, not gender. Gender is part of who you are versus, you know, as you know, your personal identity, not part of what genitalia you were born with, what body parts you have.
like you said, you don't identify as male or female. You are non-binary, right? But you were born with a certain biological sex that has provided you with certain body parts. That's not who you are. Those parts are not who you are. Your identity is who you are. You can be non-binary. You can identify as men and still have mammary glands, which would then, and like the way I am understanding all of this, you know, say, okay, well, that makes that a breast versus just their chest because it contains this property that it could produce milk for a child. Because you feel comfortable saying that, right? Like, I don't understand why do we have to remove the differentiation? Because it does identify a specific property of that part of the body. And I guess that's where like a lot of the stuff is coming up that being gender neutral and using terms that are gender neutral and stuff like that. Right. But I don't see breast as a gendered term is the thing like but but it, it is used as a gendered term it is like defining this thing based on its properties but then it's defining that individual as you have a vagina i mean if i say that there's a ceiling a floor and four walls i'm in a room but that room is an inanimate object that as far as we know at this point in time does not have feelings or right. But I can call it a room because it has specific properties. So the very base structure of it makes it a room. It could be a living room. It could be a bedroom. It could be a bathroom. And every individual has a chest, <clears throat> right? Right. and But not every individual with a chest could feed a baby. Only the ones that have memory glands. Well, it, anybody can feed a baby. It, you know what I mean? Like from their own body in that way, there have to be memory glands, which by definition would make that a breast. Versus just a chest. It's an additional property to that part of the body. If a man was born with mammary glands, he would have breasts. Or if somebody was born with a penis and mammary glands, that, that would be a breast. Regardless of their identity. I guess. Like just, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like you have to label that onto a person when every individual has a chest. So you could just say that they're chest feeding and then there's no sexualization about it. I there's just don't no... see the sexualization about it. Like I like the term breast to me is more definition of properties and what it can do rather than some sexualization or genderizing term. Like, that definition that I read, if you take the word female out of that definition, then I would agree with that definition. It's like something on you know, the front chest area of a human that contains the mammary glands. 
if you take female out of that, so it doesn't say female human, then I don't see a problem with that definition being very accurate and based on the properties of that part of the body. I don't know. I guess it's just a matter of whether you care more about how you feel about a word versus the person that it has that it's directed towards. Did you have a vaginal birth for your children? I did not have a C-section, so yes, I had a natural birth. Right, and it was a vaginal thing, and like that was... But even amongst other females or however you want to label it, there's a natural birth and there's a cesarean. Like, we don't walk around to each other and be like, did you spit them out your vagina? Right, but if you go to the doctor who needs anatomical information and accurate information... Is that going to be a vaginal birth? Those if they papers. ask you, did you have a vag, you know, did you know, was it a vaginal birth? The answer is yes, because the vagina has that property to it. It's not, you know, do you identify as male or female? It's the vagina can push out a baby. I can't do that out of what I got. It's a specific property of that part of, you know, the anatomy on an individual that was born with it. And seeing as someone who has had four children, I still think of it as a natural birth versus a cesarean birth. See, I hear natural birth, and I honestly think drugs are no drugs. I don't think about the way the baby, like you say natural, I think no drugs. Like you did it with no, like epidural or any of those things. Like well, that, I did, but that's, that's not how. That's how I see the term natural birth. Like no you know, extra assistance or anything like that. It's, just, you know, you went in there and you pushed it out. You didn't get drugs. You didn't get painkillers. You just did it naturally. Like that's how I view a natural birth, that it has more to do with the medication involved. Where if you said vaginal birth, then I understand that to mean you didn't have a C-section. And all of that comes down to the anatomy, like those anatomically correct terms that exist. Like when the children were little, you taught them that, you know, those anatomical terms were penis and vagina. It wasn't, you know, a hoo-hoo and a willy or any of that. You've used the correct, you know, the proper anatomical terminology because that's what they are. And doing that as a way to like, you know, it, it doesn't matter, you know, boy or whatever. Don't call it these goofy things. Call it what it is. And using that same logic and the fact that. And when my children were little, I was not as, I guess, educated about the world around me. And the more that I researched the stuff and listened to other people's point of view and thoughts like that. It's like, it doesn't affect me, whether I say chest or breast, it affects the person hearing it. And I would rather do something that makes a person feel comfortable than say something that makes them feel uncomfortable. Not when the kids were little. 
And I just many, said that. many other parents looked at you like, oh, my God, did you just use the real terms with your child? And they would like freak out. Oh, I know. Lots of people wouldn't let their kids be friends with my kids. Right. But the point is, I mean, those are the anatomical terms and they have certain properties. That's why they you know, are what they are. Just like a mammary gland makes that thing a breast. Like that's, you know, as far as the anatomical definition, I mean, that's what that is. There you have it. So, <laughs> are we doing this card game or are we done? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to leave it on that horrible note. I People have got so much to say. I have no idea say. how many of those you're going to read. But One, two, three, four, turn. five. I'm stopping at five. I'm not doing seven cards. All, All right. right. The answers are going to be A, D, B, C, A. So, other things I wish I didn't know. Like... If right now you're thinking, I wish I didn't know how strongly they don't agree on things. <laughs> we'll see how much Aaron knows that, that I don't know. A, D, B, C, A. Uh, I was just putting that in my notes to see if I'm anywhere near correct. <laughs> All right. Well, Liechtenstein is one of the smallest <laughs> countries in the world, but it's the leading producer of A, false teeth. B, umbrella hats, C, nacho cheese, or D, wind-up toys? Uh, umbrella hats? I just can't help but think of Beetlejuice. <laughs> They're making a new one. I'm going to say wind-up toys. I thought you said you were going to go. <laughs> so you're saying D, wind-up toys? Yeah. You should have stuck with your order you said. It is Liechtenstein is one of the smallest countries in the world, but it's the leading producer of false teeth. All right. There you have it. All right. And you can rent this country for $70,000 a, a night. night. Mm -hmm. I don't know why Liechtenstein keeps coming up in these. <laughs> People want weird. Maybe that's where this game was made. I don't know. All right. Question two. Watch where you step. The correct term for a group of ducks is A, a dropping, B, a splatter, C, a spray, or D, a poo. I feel like because of the watch where you step, it's got to be D. It is A, a dropping. Ah. So what did you say your second one was going to be? D. D. Ah, so... Your prediction was incorrect, sir. All right. 80% of single women admit to doing this on Valentine's Day. I don't know. I don't talk to single women. <laughs> That'd get me in trouble. I'm married. <laughs> hey, we could become polyamorous. That's a thing, too. Even my daughters aren't <laughs> single, so I don't talk to any single women. <laughs> oh, this, sorry. A, eating a whole box of chocolates... B, sending themselves flowers, C, leaving someone an anonymous love letter, or D, calling an old boyfriend. And what's the percent? 80% of single women admitted to Ooh. doing this on Valentine's Day. I don't think 80% would send themselves flowers. I feel like it's possible they could eat chocolate, but I, I don't know if they would call an old boyfriend or not. 
I feel like that would be more likely. I'm going to go with that. I, I really don't know. Well, you should have gone with B, sending themselves flowers. 80%? 80%. I don't know how many, I don't know if this was like family feud. Out of 100 people surveyed, 80% said, but. I don't know. That, that's kind of sad, ladies. You don't need to send yourself flowers. Why not? If they make the person feel better. But I feel like in the long run it wouldn't because they know that they sent it to themselves. I'm like, I had to send myself flowers. Nobody sent them to me. I, mean, I don't know. Just think, just get I a, have flowers and I didn't need somebody else to do it for me. Well, I'm thinking just get, you know, find other single women in your area and then do like a secret Santa and buy each other flowers. And then somebody else bought your flowers for you. All right. Be a secret Cupid. An old law in Kansas states that you must never do this to snakes. A. Kiss them. A. Throw them into your neighbor's window. Yeah. That was apparently. (laughs) But this says it was an old law and windows were invented by Bill Gates. Sorry. B, sell their oil as medicine. C, snake oil salesman. Mm-hmm. C, eat them on a Sunday. Yeah. That's the day of the week. Just so you know, it's pronounced the day of the week with a capital S, not like an ice cream Sunday. Yeah. Um, or D, store their venom in organic jugs, ceramic jugs. <sighs> I need my glasses. Um, Do you want me to start over? I'm going to say throw it in your neighbor's window. All right. So an old law in Kansas states that you must never do this to snakes. And you're saying. I feel like all of those could be a law on the books because they happened and had to put a law in place about it. But I'm going to say throw it in your neighbor's window. All right. You're not allowed to eat them on a Sunday. There you have it. Because the snake handling churches need them. So you have to wait till after that to. Yup. Got your whole life planned already? Just remember the average. I don't know. Pers- do I? I don't know. Let's find out if you're the average. Well, I don't person. know. You're you're the one with the ant. You you make the plans. <laughs> you tell me if I have it planned out. <laughs> well, by the end of this episode, I'm going to hit you in the head and in the freezer. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Can I pee first? <laughs> Interesting. Just remember, the average person spends 92 days a snoozing their alarm. B, on the toilet, C, looking for lost keys, or D, washing their hands. I'm guessing this is in their entire lifetime. Yeah, like 24 hours a day. So 92 days. However many hours that is. I don't think that people look for their keys that long on average. There was going to the bathroom, hitting snooze. Snoozing their alarm on the toilet. Looking for lost keys or washing their hands? I'm going to say probably sitting on the toilet. You're right. Is on the toilet. I feel like too many people out there barely wash their hands, so they're certainly not spending a total of 92 days doing it. (laughs) They're just nasty. Have you ever played that game where you're like, ooh, there's other people in the bathroom. Let's see if they, they notice. Can I sneak out before they notice? What? 
I I have been in the restroom so many times and like heard a bathroom stall open and people like beeline for the door and out the door they go and you never hear the water turn on. So I feel like they're playing a game of can I make it out before oh, anyone I was thinking knows who that, it is. That's the only time I wash my hands when other people are in there to catch me if I don't. <laughs> that's why you use the single bathrooms. I'm like, oh crap, there's somebody in here. Now I have to wash my hands. I guess I was due for the weekly washing. It's amazing you never get sick. Well, it's <laughs> all that, you have all of all the that barrier immunity. against the germs. That's what it is. It's that filth barrier, like pig pen on Charlie Brown. Like right. that dust cloud around him, it protects him. There you go. I feel like if he took a shower, he'd get sick in a heartbeat. I mean, that's just the way it is. When is Charlie Brown's Halloween on? The Great Pumpkin. I think it's on one of those pay-for streaming channels now. I need to look. It better be on something free. Maybe it's on Disney+. Plus. I don't know. I think Apple TV has it now, though. So. Hold on. I want people to know, so let's look this up real quick. Sorry, guys. We were going to let you go, but now you're going to find out when... What is it? Charlie... It's the, it's great, the Pump- great Pumpkin Charlie Brown... But I thought there was some sort of deal where Apple owns Apple TV owns it now, but it'll still play on regular TV at least once every year or something because people were really up in arms. They didn't want to have to pay to see it. Because, I mean, it's like a tradition watching the Halloween episode. All watch or all watch availability. Yeah. Apple TV subscription. Oh. So unless you buy it on DVD, you got to get Apple TV. Maybe it was just last year they let it be free still for everybody. I don't know. That's stupid. Here you have it. It better be free on Apple TV. We'll find out. Yep. Thanks for eavesdropping. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us talk about or give us feedback, you can go to topicplease.com to find our social media links, contact form, how to subscribe on your preferred podcast player. You can also find links to our past episodes. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share us with other eavesdroppers you know. Sometimes you just hit the wrong button.